0: Welcome to The Girls' Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray, and with me I have my incredible co-host, Drew Haskins, and we have a very special guest with us. You know her as an actor, comedian, New York gal about town, and co-host of the hilarious podcast, Seek Treatment. It's Katherine Cohen.
1: Welcome to The Girls' Room. Thank you so much. I feel so at peace being in The Girls' Room with y'all. It's a really comfortable space. I feel so so serene. Amazing. As yeah. I was saying in our 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 pre-show chat, I just it was such a treat. I really haven't rewatched the show in many many years, and it was just I was shocked at like how every line is just more iconic than the last. It's so fucking funny and good.
2: Yeah, and these two episodes specifically are like all killer no filler. Yeah. Every single word is just like packed with intent and meeting it. Like every week I say this, but like Lena is such a genius. I cannot believe she, she wrote the show. Like it's just, it's unbelievable.
1: I totally agree. And it's so, I was, it was so funny too. Like I was laughing out loud. I had forgotten about the scene where she's like, shows up in the white dress to Ray's coffee shop. Yes, I have a whole whole section on that. You said someone's going to wipe blood on your breasts. I I was like, that is insane. It
0: really is like an infinitely quotable show. I feel like writers don't do that anymore. I mean, that's Uh, true, but TV isn't quotable anymore.
1: I mean, I don't even watch TV. I'm like, what do I even watch anymore? I don't, I just listen to true crime podcasts and like jerk off and complain. Exactly. (laughs) Those are not quotable. Not in that order, but.
0: <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about your relationship with girls? Like, how did you come
1: mm-hmm. to the show? Oh, my God. Thank you for asking. I mean, it was really perfect timing. I remember vividly being in my my like first college boyfriend's twin bed and being like, I heard about this new show. I really want to watch it. And like turning on the first episode and just being like, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen someone with not a perfect body, quote unquote, perfect, like being naked and having sex and like having this fun, exciting life. And I was just immediately hooked. And so I basically every week in college, I guess that was like my, I guess it was like my sophomore or junior year of college. And then basically every weekend, my friends and I would get together on Sundays and watch the latest episode. I was just like devouring it. Were you
2: have really? you rewatched it since the last time or like since that period
1: I don't know if I have I, I might have like seen clips but I definitely haven't it's almost like it's like too special to me I'm like I know if I start I'll just get like I was getting emotional even watching it last night for this just because it's it's such a specific time in, in it was a specific time in my life and in their lives and like just watching the show unfold and being like god it, it is so crazy to be young and alive and also yeah. just like I know everyone makes fun of it now, or I think like now people are coming around, but it's just like, fuck off. This has given us so much, and anyone who says it's bad is literally just jealous because she had the idea first. Bye.
0: Actually, I feel like we're having kind of a girl's renaissance now where people are remembering
1: the power of this show. But well, it's that it's been on so long. I'm like, how old even am I? The ultimate question.
2: <laughs> a few weeks ago, we talked about how girls had not really done like the tiktok revival in the same way that like sex in the city has where people are circulating clips and the minute i said that like in the two weeks since then like my entire tiktok feed is girls
1: really i just saw someone just sent me the clip where she's like (laughs) he's like don't roll your eyes and she's like i was looking at a cloud formation that looks like blake lively
0: (laughs) oh it's so good i So what was your last rewatch, like, when you started watching recently for this show?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I watched it last night, and, um, yeah, I was just, like, laughing out loud alone in my apartment. And I was tearing up. I was like, damn, a lot of the things she's feeling, I'm like, oh, God, I know that feeling so well. And she does such a great job of encapsulating those experiences.
2: Yeah, it's been harder to watch this show now at the age Or, like, a little older than they are when, like, at the time of filming and stuff, just because it, the show has so much more resonance as, like, a mid to late 20 something than it does, like, you know, I, like, Julie and I were in, like, junior year, senior year of high school when this season came out. And,
1: well, yeah, wait till you're 31 like me. Wait till you're half, have one foot (laughs) in the grave like me. It'll be even more resonant, Drew.
0: (laughs) I also feel like she just makes. I mean, she's a she's a narcissist, but she makes that she she we see the narcissist in all of us when we see it in Hannah.
1: We do. And also, like, we see it called out by the other <laughs> characters throughout the show. So I know people complain about that, but I'm like, the show is self-aware. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm, I totally I love, love
1: like I know I well, the, the you know, the amazing. Actually, the line that I was so glad was in this episode because I think about it all the time was. She's like, there's nothing someone can say about me that I haven't thought about myself or said to myself in the last like five minutes or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's in one of these episodes. Yeah, that was I was so glad it was because that's like something that has stuck with me since originally watching the show. I'm like, that's so true. Like this self obsession, this like, you know, oscillating between self obsession and self hatred is like, you know, the dare I say modern condition
0: what keeps us alive also the line where she says um he says you think you know struggle because you're what 11 pounds overweight
1: oh, yes. <laughs> another, oh another line that stuck with me I'm 13 pounds overweight and I'm like you know what it is hard to be 13 pounds overweight Society doesn't make it easy
0: <laughs> and so how does the show kind of hold up in your eyes are you still I mean clearly you have positive feelings towards it
1: yeah I think it's incredible um I'm trying to think, yeah, like, if the dialogue is just so funny, it's so well acted, it's like, it's also, it's not trying, it is profound, but it's not trying to be profound. It's also just, I was struck by how funny it is, too. I'm like, oh, this is a comedy. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it really is like a joke a minute in a way that I feel like all the retrospectives don't mm-hmm. really give credit to like she she's such a good writer of the human condition but like as an actual comedian she's just like so incisive and like making people's like personality not disorders but like the those flaws like that like that's not easy to do
1: I know it's so well done every character is so I'm like you everyone's like I know that person I know that person oh I love the part where (laughs) well first of all I love um What's his name from The Sopranos? Being the hot teacher, incredible.
0: Christopher Moltisanti.
1: What's oh. his name?
2: Michael Imperioli.
1: He's the yeah. fucking best, and I love watching her when she's like, "And then he died. <laughs> Die. <laughs> we're
0: we're getting all into that later. I.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh my god, that episode just a great penultimate Absolute. scene. Absolute. But what um. How do you think Lena has influenced your work? I know you've spoken about her before.
1: Oh, yeah. She's influenced my work majorly. I just, um, yeah, the conf- like, you know, very very personal, confessional, um, not afraid to be obsessed with yourself. Like her whole conversation with Ray about how anything about herself would be trivial, and I'm, I've always just felt like, as a reader and a writer, like I, I only want to read things that are very personal. If you don't have anything to say about it, if it's not your experience, I don't really want to hear about it from you. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. just like. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Something just popped up on my phone. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think she's influenced my work in so many ways, and all my peers and so many shows I've seen since then have tried to do what she's done and have not done it as well.
2: It's not easy to walk the tightrope between like being this introspective and still trying to like convey narcissism effectively at the same time. Like it's mm-hmm. it takes a lot of skill to like get that balance together and she's so good at it.
1: Totally. I also feel like you know to have a lead character who's so flawed and unlikable and yet you still can't Stop watching, or even like I also loved how you know it, it feels. It honestly feels silly now talking about it like this, but when I know when it first came out, everyone was like, "She's not conventionally attractive," blah blah blah, and yet all these men are still attracted to her, and it's like, yeah, that's what real life is. People are attracted to each other. No one looks like I just yeah. I'm going all over the place because I feel like it just has informed so many of my worldviews, and yeah.
2: So like on a personal spiritual level, which girl do you identify with the most? <laughs>
1: Oh my like, I mean definitely not Marnie. Okay. Definitely definitely wish I was Jessa. And in some ways I, like some of her sexual escapades I'm like that's a little bit me, but I'm definitely not cool enough to be a Jessa. I think I'm very much a Hannah um with the occasional mm no I'm not a Shoshana. I think probably Hannah with like a sprinkle of Jessa on a sexy day.
0: I can definitely see that. What do you
1: guys what do you guys identify as?
0: I'm Hannah Shosh Cusp. And, and Drew
2: Drew's a Marnie <sighs> he dies. It's like really unfortunate because You're like
0: Marnie I- what? Marnie till he dies. Oh but wow.
2: This is not something I would have said before like I started this rewatch, because I, I haven't rewatched since it originally aired. Like I always kind of thought of myself as like a Jessa, honestly, but rewatching this first season, I like, everything Marnie does, I'm like, yep, been there. And I don't love that about myself, but, like, I'm, I'm making peace with it. Like, I'm definitely in the upswing of my relationship with, like, my Marniefication.
1: Well, I was definitely struck in these episodes. I'm like, oh, wait, Marnie is, like, in the right every time. And I thought, I remember thinking she was so annoying, but I'm like, no, she, what she's saying actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, sh- should we get into the episodes, Julia?
1: We
0: should, yeah. I feel like that's a good jumping off point.
2: Um, We watched
0: episodes nine and 10 from season one for those just tuning in. Um, So that's Leave Me Alone and the finale, She Did. So I think we can start with Leave Me Alone and just go through each girl's storyline.
1: Incredible.
2: Amazing. Should we start with Hannah? Because I really want to talk about Tally Schifrin.
1: Oh, yes, Jenny Slate. Absolutely.
0: Oh, my God. First of all, incredible name for this character. I know. I was thinking that. And Jenny Slate just plays this annoying,
1: overconfident
0: girl who gets what she wants so perfectly.
1: She's so good, and she she has a line that made me laugh so much where she's like, I'm sorry, I completely have to poop. (laughs) That is so crazy.
2: This, like, Tally is definitely written a little bit zanier and a little bit less grounded than some of the other characters on the show. But, like, she makes it work so well, though. Like, I I don't know. I mean, Jenny Slate was doing a lot of these kind of, like, Tally, like, Mona Lisa on Parks and Rec type characters Uh at this point. But she's, like, I mean, it's perfect. Like, she's perfect at it. Like, I, and the book being called Leave Me Alone with that, like, smudged, like, (laughs) ANTM like eyeshadow and like black I just perfect perfect perfect
1: it's so good and it's so amazing how like I mean the the how shows she's like so in awe of the whole event
0: oh and when it comes out that Marnie actually finds her inspiring and listen to her on fresh air oh (laughs) god classic. like seething with jealousy you know something that struck me about how much Hannah hates her in the scene is how kind of similar they are. Like they're not neither of them are writing anything groundbreaking, but Hannah's saying, Oh, she's so trivial. She's just like writing about her sexual escapades and then lucky her her boyfriend died.
1: <laughs> I and mean, Jess is like, Your boyfriend should die. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I felt it felt very real though in terms of like you moved to New York and some of your acquaintances or friends or or old classmates like blow up really fast. And it's this very much like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Or like, what did I do wrong? But that's not me, but it's just completely usually random. Mm
2: -hmm. One thing I did like about this feud was like, maybe another show would have tally be this sort of like condescending above it person now that she's found success but like i love that she and hannah continued petty feuding like i wrote down the line um J- tally says to hannah someone like you you're really sweating it and i really admire the effort to do something that is uh not the most natural to you
1: it's <laughs>
2: so funny
0: oh my god it's so good yeah just the entire conversation where they're like trying to one-up each other she says, oh, do you have an agent? Talking about her agent. And she says, I don't have an agent, but I have a boyfriend.
1: <laughs> he lives in Prospect Heights.
2: <laughs> and then Tally says, hopefully he's hetero, which is like <laughs> the funniest way to say straight. I, <laughs> I love another really good character name on this in this scene in this episode was um, Michael Imperioli's professors named yes. Owl Goldman. And so like, real. yeah. Oh my also, God.
1: Yeah. When she's like, oh, this New York Mag reporter's stalking me or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh. I, I just love
0: hearing her about the room.
1: She says, like, I want to be so skinny that, like,
0: people are like, do you have a disease?
1: <laughs> I know. And I feel like that joke. I've heard that since then a zillion times. Yeah. In the same, uh-huh. same way. Um, yeah. I'd totally forgotten about, like, the professor's storyline and Marnie being like, you should fuck him.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's a just another point of hannah squandering these opportunities like in a romantic way but also a professional way knew like, I mean, that was brutal to watch oh it's hard he's asking her to do this reading that could be big for her and she says like oh i don't know that you know it's not really a me thing to do and it's just like uh, the hannah thing to do is to as we see in the next scene like go home to her boyfriend who she's unsatisfied with
1: God, I really actually hated him so much watching it this time. Adam? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I always was so enamored with him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, oh, this guy's holding you back. He's such an asshole. But then he, he does have moments where he's, like, totally sweet. But I'm like, no, he's rude and and, and needs to work on himself.
2: Yeah. We used the extremely toxic phrase love bombing last episode <laughs> to describe Uh-oh. Adam. And I kind of think that's, like... It definitely continues, like, in the next episode for sure, but it's, uh, yeah, I was surprised by how much I disliked him this season.
1: Well, yeah, I'm also curious, because I haven't, you know, having not watched the previous episodes, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot, like, where they're at in terms of their relationship, but I guess we've watched him, what, be, like, a total jerk to her the whole season, right?
0: Right, and then he just recently turned things around. He did the whole sorry mural Um, And they're boyfriend and girlfriend now after kind of this tumultuous uh, will they won't they. Um, But now we see him like totally holding her back, like you said, and saying, I don't want to go to this reading. It's stupid. And, you know, they have biscuits and they expect you to eat the biscuits or whatever he says.
1: Can you imagine a boyfriend who says she goes, you want to come to the reading? And he says, no,
0: it's terrible. It's uh, it's just him wanting to kind of bring her down to his level.
1: Yeah, what's his deal? What's he all about, that guy?
0: I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's the it's the kind of relationship you get into in your 20s when, like, you're not sure who you are. Yeah. Uh, and he's exactly that. Um, like,
2: when two people are just deeply needy and, like, mutually fulfill that need regardless of actual fit or compatibility.
1: Oh, my God. Are you guys in relationships? Yeah. I
0: thankfully not with an Adam,
2: <laughs> but I I am single and loving it.
1: Single and loving it. How powerful.
2: Yeah, is that? Very powerful.
1: I was reminded watching this of like my boyfriend I had in my early twenties, who was absolutely nightmarish. And we would literally be like banging on each other's doors in the middle of the night, like crying, screaming, like nothing made sense for no reason. And I was like, well, wow, you could not pay me to go back to that hell.
0: Not at all. I, I feel like i I felt such relief when Hannah chooses not to squander the opportunity and actually do the reading but
2: but geez. of course, like Ray, yeah. who I love, I love I love, love
1: Ray he's the best
2: um <laughs> him like reaching out of are there like sorry if this is not like a New York cool question, are those basements like what was he in?
1: yeah, like restaurants will have like their stuff down there,
2: okay. Like, when he was, like, just reaching his hand out and saying, slim leg, <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I I love Ray. Um, But, like, he is also just, like, such a pseudo-intellectual, oh, like, oh, oh. and of course he gives her, like, this bad idea about, like, writing about acid rain and death. And <laughs> death. <laughs> like, yeah, what does
0: he say? Like, well, what should I write about? And he says, like, I don't know, like, race issues and cultural criticism and climate crisis or something.
1: And what does he say when he's like, I just love reading books by British women. Yeah. It's like, the fuck up. He's like, oh, he's horrible. And then
0: Hannah does end up like scrapping her essay about the hoarder. And as we, we pointed to earlier, the uh, died, what does she say? It's, it's about her like AIM boyfriend and,
2: he died.
1: he died. Yeah He died. I love when he says to so talk about a, a relic of the times, he goes, "Put on a cute outfit, stop by American apparel if you have to." <laughs> oh my God, I used to always go to the American apparel on Seventh Avenue before improv practice to get little outfits.
2: I weird the oh, one yeah. summer I lived in New York I had like a disaster at that American apparel where my shoes like I, I think I was in sandals which was like mistake number one <laughs> um but like I had to run into that American apparel and buy a pair of flip-flops just to get home because like my shoes just like fell off on the middle of 7th Avenue oh was my god off.
1: that's called being in a girls episode
2: it was it was it was a hellscape of my own making for sure beautiful
0: but we yeah i i felt really sad for for hannah here
1: i know but it's also like uh i'm like get your act together girl like step it up stop complaining
0: truly and i feel like at the reading it's kind of like poking fun at this like self-serious culture like the girl who went before her (laughs) it's like what did she say she's like She's finishing her essay and she says, Maybe we're all just looking for a bathroom.
1: Yeah, I was like, that's <laughs> incredible. I was like, who yeah, who pitched that line? In the writer's room. It's yeah. so funny. Um no, I kind of Yeah, it is it is difficult to watch Hannah talk about her writing so much and you never get to I guess that is I guess that is being an artist.
2: Yeah. True. also
0: it's, we we never know like we're it's kind of tempting to equate hannah to lena dunham and think like oh her writing is like lena dunham's writing therefore it's good but hannah's writing might be really bad yeah i think yeah.
2: the general sentiment of the show is we're supposed to assume she's not talented and i think that's like an arc they really do the whole time
1: mm-hmm. right she's someone who can't who doesn't make it as a creative or whatever yeah. Whether it's like luck
0: or just squandering opportunities or the fact that she's just like not that good and her work is trivial.
1: I don't know. I guess I always assumed she had. Yeah, I guess maybe I was always like, well, she writes, you know, like Lena. So she must be amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, that was. um, And then when she le- she leaves the reading, I was wondering like, she leaves so quickly after she doesn't do well. And I was I thought that was so perfect because I do when a teacher if you if your professor were to tell you, like, I didn't like that piece,
2: I would start sobbing. And oh, start- yeah. If- absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, she,
2: this might be a good segue into Marnie's kind of arc, because after the reading, Hannah goes home to the apartment
0: mm-hmm.
2: and Marnie and Hannah have been like at odds all episode, like she's mad at Hannah for giving Adam a key like she's I don't remember I've like made of black this out when I was watching like was she pro hoarder essay or anti
0: she she was anti at first she kind of echoed the sentiment like well that one's like like it's not doesn't have that much going on like why don't you do a different one right I think that's what so yeah they're kind of on each other's bad side the whole episode and then they get in this huge
2: blowout
1: the fight is so good you're a wound. you're a wound
2: it's so so well written and like I, I mean I feel like friend breakups are sort of having a moment right now like people are really talking about them in the culture but this is such a good friend breakup scene like how people just pick each other apart in such like starting minuscule but going to macro like this like with two friends, it's it's it just it's such a well written scene. I found Hannah intolerable in all this though. Like I don't know what y'all thought.
1: Yeah, I, I think her line was so good with her line. I, I guess I don't really care about being a good friend right now. Yeah. Really. I think I saw like the worst parts of myself in that moment. I was like, yeah, sometimes it's like this is way too much is way more work than it's worth to be in your life right now. Like I don't need it. Like I don't care right now. But it is—it's just so shitty.
2: And like maybe this is just because of like I'm a l- little bit more anti-Hannah than Julia is, I think. But the when she said no one is ever gonna hate me as much as I hate me, that kind of reads to me as insincere. Like I remember that line so much from my oh. first watch being like, yes, like this is like the mantra, like this is this is the motto, but in context, it really feels like Hannah weaponizes her trauma so much as this, like, safeguard against criticism. And this, to me, felt like insincere self-deprecation.
0: Yeah, I, I go back and forth about that, because she is committed to, whether it's sincere or not, she's, like, committed to that line. You know, she's, she thinks woe is me, and, you know, it's not true that she hates herself so deeply but she is she feels sorry for herself
1: yeah it's such a good line
0: oh it really is and what is marnie says back i could think of a million mean things that have never occurred to you and she says name one and she said well i wouldn't do that when you know saying that in the first place is the mean thing (laughs) well i
1: couldn't believe when she was like you can have this dress but it might be a little tight yes i was like damn a friend would never a friend would never." No
0: they're all just, they're both trying to be the bigger person and they're both losing over and over.
2: Yeah. When Marnie says, I like being around people who know what they want. Like that unfortunately is a line that I've said before in like, like romantic breakups, not front breakups, which is psycho. But like, I mean, like that was a long time ago, but I, Marnie's like fixation on keeping up appearances was just like never going to jive with Hannah's like complete aimlessness. like it's just not they're just not compatible people
1: but i forget like what happens to their friendship after this season because they do become are they never as close again i think
0: they rebuild it but i think they're in the second season they have moments where they're like are we good what is this or like where hannah or marnie is more kind of
2: reaching out to hannah and hannah's like i'm kind of doing my own thing right now in I my head, was- I I would go on Catherine. No, no, sorry. In my head, I always just think of the beach house episode as being oh. like final straw for everyone.
1: What's so it- good. I was just gonna say I think it's such a perfect um, depiction of like a college friendship where you become friends when you're so young and you don't realize how different you are or how different you will become. And so in, watching them grow apart, I'm like, oh, I've had that. I've seen that so many times in real life. Yeah. It, uh, oh go ahead. No no it's you mentioned the beach house thing reminds me of Shoshana saying everyone's being a dumb whore
0: <laughs> which i think she says again in <gasps> the finale.
1: Oh but, it's so good.
0: Uh it's also one of um the argument has one of my favorite lines which is you're so selfish that's why you don't have any friends from preschool. <laughs> oh my god. It's like such a Marnie way to measure selfishness. Right. <laughs> burned in my brain.
2: Oh my God, it's and I mean the episode leads with them like just storming off like separately, and that I mean that carries into the next episode. But I'm really interested in Jess's storyline this mm-hmm. episode as well because this really I kind of forgot about this scene.
1: Me too. Wait, will you remind me what happens right before this? Because when when Catherine Han shows up, I was like, wait, what's happening?
2: So. Jessa gets a random text while they're at the Bushwick party, and she's like, yeah, it's the best party ever come, and then it turns out the guy she's texting is Catherine Hahn's husband.
1: Oh, okay. Who plays uh, him?
2: The, James Lagro. He's in a lot of, like, with Stillman. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but they so,
1: don't hook up, right?
2: They no, don't. No. But, like, he gets, like, punched in the nose and, like, he, like, kind of trauma dumps on Jessa.
0: Right. And then the, in this episode, we see Catherine Hahn kind of um wanting to forgive Jessa and bring her back. But Jessa doesn't want to. What does she say? She has the dream about how she, she says she's still holding on to some anger. Um, <laughs> but she and she knows that because she had a dream where she cut her into little pieces and shit her out, but not all of her <laughs> or ate her and shit her out, but not all of her.
1: Oh, yeah. I liked her thing at the end where she's like, you find yourself in these little dramas a lot. You know, what are you, what are you distracting yourself from?
2: Yeah. Like, the other, the Jessa line that like really sticks out for me from this episode, and something that like I've carried with me for a long time, is her saying that I'm as extremely attracted to everyone for 15 minutes oh. and it wears off. Like,
1: That's so true.
2: So true.
1: Damn. Mm-hmm. And then, and then here, then she goes and gets married. Spoiler alert.
0: That is a good segue into the next episode. Do yeah. I don't even think we need to. I mean Shosh doesn't have much going on in this episode. She she loves Tally Schifrin, and she makes a dating profile.
1: That was so funny a- yeah, being a
2: little
1: crazy. Correct. Um yeah, no, the next episode is such is so fucking funny with Hannah and Ray at the coffee shop.
2: Oh yeah. Like, so for people who may not have watched along, like episode 10 starts with Marnie moving out, um, taking all the furniture and Marnie's, like, cutting Hannah off cold turkey because she doesn't really see any other way to, like, fix the situation. Um,
1: and then, so, It's hard to do. It's hard yeah. to do. I was impressed. I said, Marnie, go, you go, girl. Truly. It's,
0: you know, Hannah's parents did it first and now Marnie. So right. both Marnie and Hannah are kind of in this, you know, raw place right now. Kind of both aimless in different ways. And then Jessa shoots out a text to everyone, inviting them to a surprise event, quote unquote, the most important of her life. I think that's what she says. Um, And it turns out to be her wedding. So I think maybe let's start with Jessa's journey.
1: Well, we have to talk about the name Thomas John. Oh funny. It's
2: perfect. Yeah. And And like, how,
1: how did they originally meet him again? I know they had the threesome scene, but where did they meet him?
2: at the threesome scene, basically like he buys Marnie and Jessa drinks from across the bar. Oh, and then tries to like seduce him at home while like, he's like DJing. It's, it's really <laughs> it's
1: special
2: like, electric scene. Um, I loved the like set dressing and accoutrements for this wedding. Like this like insane boho wedding. Oh my God. Of course, Je- like, I don't see Jessa as a bridezilla necessarily, but every single little bit of this, like from the venue to the decor, like, you know, she was like, all in on it, which I think kind of speaks like she is this like devil may care kind of girl. But at the end of the day, like she is very exacting and like what she wants and how to get it. I mean, that's capricious in a lot of ways, but like she definitely is the kind of person who would like really plan a wedding out.
1: I feel like, yeah, that scene where she's on the toilet. And what does she say? Hannah's like, Do you feel like a, a grown up? And she's like,
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like she has no idea. She's just kind of like, she thinks this is what the next step is. I think it's like, you know, kind of after the Catherine Hahn thing, when Catherine Hahn was like, You need to grow up, basically. She's like, right. Okay, this is a way to do it.
1: Yeah, she's just totally flailing and she's like, it's like instead of doing the work on yourself, which requires so much boring bullshit and time, it's like I'll just do something big and dramatic, and that'll and see what happens.
2: Yeah, like putting a husband on like a band aid that's gonna solve <laughs> everything.
1: Oh my god! Shout out to Bobby Moynihan as the uh, oh god. the officiant. He's he's honestly perfect. I know. It felt very, <laughs> and, and um, Marnie laughing so much at him, I was obsessed with that. He's so funny. Like, it,
2: wow. It was like, and once again, like we need to give Allison Williams her props because like her portrayal of like overcompensatory laughter was just like unreal. I don't know why she has a reputation for being like not great on this show. Cause I think she's like probably the best actor on the show. Besides Adam, besides Adam Driver,
1: they're all so good. She, I thought, yeah, she's really good in the show. I, the best actor on this show. My God, that's a tough question. Julia, what do you think?
0: I, my first instinct was Adam Driver, but maybe it's just because I love him so much. But I, I I think it might be Adam Driver. He plays a freak so well.
1: I know, and it's also like the way he plays it. I feel like. They didn't know what they were getting, you know, until he started reading the script. And then they're like, oh, my God, he's made this character that I I feel you couldn't even picture that necessarily until you have him in place, which is the best kind of performance. A singular performer. He also,
0: with with Lena Dunham, she's not playing herself, but almost. I feel like Adam Driver is just a complete, like, you have no idea who he is.
1: What is his personality in real life, I wonder?
2: He's hot. I mean, from everything I can tell from, like, reading profiles, he is this, like, intense method, mm-hmm. like, carpenter guy. Like, I, I don't I don't think he's, like, that far off from the Adam we see on the show.
0: Really?
2: I I mean, it also is, like, a testament to how good the writing and the acting all around is on the show, that, like, I see actors from this and other things, and I can't help but think, like, Oh, that's Jessa. Oh, that's exactly. Hannah. Like, I mean, well, it's hard for Lena to not be, like, just Lena and everything, but it's... Yeah. It is really impressive, I think.
1: is so good, too. We have to give her props. Yeah. Really. She was
2: making me howl this episode.
1: <laughs> I know. With the white dress? Oh, my God.
2: Uh, yeah, I... But
1: I have known? Because nobody told me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel... So, like, I... So like historically, I thought that the white dress thing was not, you know, it wasn't like like a real like modern thing people cared about. But I like I went to a gay wedding back in April and the grooms had like a kickball game because they met playing gay kickball um and i wore all white to the kickball game not really remembering it was a wedding because i was trying to do like wimbledon or something (laughs) chic um and i got uh, a stern talking to you from one of the groom's moms being like shouldn't have done this
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's insane
2: (laughs) i mean like it was it was like said with love i think but um no people people do like care about this and i just had no idea just no idea
0: wow I feel like it also just shows, like, Shoshana's kind of, you know, need for control and understanding every situation, and this is when she just absolutely can't understand, so she has this breakdown.
1: <laughs> I also feel like it's so sad when Marty moves in and she's like, stay forever, like, she just wants so badly to, like, be liked and have people treat her well. Yeah, I...
0: This is another episode where she goes, Everyone's a dumb whore.
1: Everyone's a dumb whore. Well, she's no. not she's not wrong. No. What do you think about the the relationship between her and Ray? I
2: so sweet.
1: I do too.
0: Me too. And what does she say? Stay out of my emotional way. I think Oh, she,
1: that is the best line.
0: Right. She's like yeah. afraid of it and afraid
2: of the intimacy, but And then Halo starts playing the minute she says it. It's like the (laughs) soundtrack and the needle drops on the show are so well calibrated.
1: I thought it was so cringe watching Hannah and Adam like dance at the wedding. I'm like, I haven't, I feel nothing romantic about them.
0: I agree. Yeah, I feel like this is her just detaching herself from the
2: relationship. I really liked watching Marnie bus to move on like i think it was like dancing with ray or something but she i like i love seeing marnie let loose the one thing i want to give like little props to with hannah and marnie like i've i like the costume design on this show a lot just because i think whoever's doing it does such a good job like conveying the characters through clothing and having hannah and marnie both wear white dresses with orange accents i thought was such a good way to like show the parallel between characters like they may be having the schism right now but they're still like simpatico wow
1: that's yeah, nice that's Hannah's clothes that. in this show are so bad i can't believe it truly All the oh, morning was
2: a wild time
1: this what, was, was before high-waisted pants really came into play
2: yeah <laughs> like jess's macrame wedding dress was such a like coachella nightmare to me but and the veil too like oh boy but
1: honestly she's just so so chic that anything she puts on i'm like absolutely queen
0: that is true and when she insists on throwing the garter
1: yes and what about we have to i love the the j-lo at the grammys dig from andrew rannells (laughs)
0: like what is marnie's hair here she has like these crunchy gel
1: curls (laughs) she's in breakup mode she's doing whatever it takes
0: she is I feel like yeah Marnie is kind of almost coming into herself in this episode
1: do you think do you guys having now watched the whole season again is there a favorite line that sticks out because mine when I saw Andrew Reynolds I was like oh the best line of all of girls is your dad's gay bye (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's, that's really up
0: there for me I think it might be um Adam Driver picking up the phone and going, uh, "What up, skank? Getting that pussy pounded? It's my (laughs) sister." No way! I
1: forgot about that. That's insane. True. I think think?
2: I'm. I think I'm with Julia on this one for sure. Um, I mean, like we we. It's not like a laugh line, but like the line that really gets me every time is like, "I don't think I'm. I think I'm like the voice of." the generation or like I'm the voice of a generation. Like I just it is such like a good summation of what this show does while still being this kind of like rueful laugh line at the same time.
1: Oh. Oh I also love I I guess I've not thinking about it, I guess I've rewatched like the first two a couple of times recently because I when they're making um the opium tea and she says it I thought it tastes like Twix. <laughs> yeah, said,
0: no, twigs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Wow. But I, I'm trying to remember because Ray had another line in this, in his like coffee shop moment. Not the blood on the breast because that was making me la- how laughing, but there was another line in that same like speech that he said that was so good, but it, it escapes me at this moment.
0: Let me see if I wrote it down because he was, what did it say?
1: I don't know. He says something
0: about like expecting every, like, what does he say hold on you're begging the world to fuck with you
1: yeah that feels yeah. that was such a classic
2: the know. other ray line from that episode that like really bears fruit in the finale is like what in the world could be more trivial than intimacy yeah. and then <laughs> immediately he like he and Shoshana had this like deep love connection Ah,
1: uh, i don't like that line
0: exactly it's like he's the total opposite end of the spectrum from hannah who's like well that's literally all
2: there is but i also don't think he means it though like he is like he really presents himself as this like lord of the coffee shop pseudo-intellectual and i think that like just like hannah says all these things that like she thinks like a real like urbane woman would say like he says things that like i don't know like some philosopher really likes like
1: totally he reminds me of many people i've Lusted after.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's such a like Brooklyn archetype. I one time saw him talking on the phone in Williamsburg. Shout out.
2: Oh, I cannot believe it has taken me this long to share this on the pod. But when I first moved to LA in 2017, I saw Ray and like Adam Driver in real life at a bar across the street from my house getting drinks together. uh, it was it was like I I couldn't believe it.
1: That's incredible. You know, actually, I meant to say the so remember in the the episode where she's doing the reading and that old woman comes up to her and like says that thing. It's not a question. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. I, I, I had the pleasure of working with that actress on an indie film, and her name's Sandra James, and she she was incredible.
0: Oh my god, shout out. She shout, is, shout out. I think we wrote that line down too because
1: that delivery is perfect. It yeah. Is, it's so like. <laughs> yeah it's it's it was so good what is that like that reading thing that I'm like does that happen like is that an event that happens definitely yeah.
0: but yeah. there's something about that one that seems so unreal just the way it's like in this tiny library room and there's uh like classical music playing it, it doesn't feel right.
2: Right. it was very heightened like I used to like Oh, yeah and L- like i'm like r- uncovering something here but like when yeah, i was in la awesome. i used to go to my actor friends like they had monologue parties every so yeah. often where they would just like yeah. do scenes for each other and i sat in on a few like i'm not an actor but it this was giving me that wow yeah
0: getting back to the wedding um the wedding where where it all went down I feel like each girl's kind of response to the wedding is, like, just so true to where their character is. You know, like, I feel like Marnie is kind of desperate to get out of who she was and not be so caught up with, you know, her past relationship and show she's, like, totally frozen by it. And then Hannah's also, like, realizing maybe she doesn't want to be with Adam.
1: And yeah she, intense, intense. i love his thing where he's like you chase me what does he say you chase me like a stalker for six months and now you don't want me yeah i was like that is how i was with everyone for so long
0: yeah it's but- like adam is so all or nothing and then hannah like you know gets the stable thing but now she sees it's like oh that's actually boring and i want to be this like you know crazy girl on the town
1: yeah, and I guess at the end of the season, it's just you see everyone in Hannah's life, she, Hannah pushing everyone away from her, or everyone's for, but has pushed themselves away, and she's all alone. Yes, eating cake on the beach. Oh, my God. When she, when, when she asks those girls on the roof, like, where am I?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I feel like that was such a perfect end to the season, just yeah. getting her purse stolen after falling asleep on the train, something you're like, you know this is you know you never do that, oh my God, just like she's constantly shooting herself in the foot.
2: The beach scene was so well shot, like this is the first and only time this season I've actually cried at the show like it it's just such a perfect like capper to everything that's gone on, and like I don't it just it was so beautiful, like it felt like an elegy,
1: oh. I, I'm like, it makes me want to rewatch the rest of the whole show, but I'm like, I guess I, sh- I, guess I should live my life.
0: <laughs> you should. It's a really good, like, fall comfort show.
1: Totally.
2: Yeah. It no, is, like, really- emotionally gruesome, but it is definitely cozy somehow.
1: It's very much like I'm just, I see, like, each character, <laughs> i like, little slivers of my own bad behaviors in the actions of each character, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so, oh, no, it's too close to home.
0: Right. Watching girls as exposure therapy.
1: It really is. I'm like, I'm a girl. I'm a dumb girl too. I'm a dumb whore too. I relate. I.
0: No. How do we think? What do we feel like it was as a season ender? Like, do we think it was satisfying?
1: Yeah. Big, big choices all around. Someone's hit by a car. Someone gets married. I'm like, let's fucking go.
0: I feel like it was a lot to happen in one episode. Like, after all these kind of episodes of navel gazing. And I I can't tell if that was intentional just to kind of shove it all into one episode.
2: It does feel very true to life. Like, especially when you're in your early mid twenties to like have these periods of boredom surrounding like a big like cataclysmic event that like shakes everything up. And then you just go right back into like a status quo. Mm
0: when it rains it pours
2: yeah i thought all the like this was like a very thematically neat episode though i liked how all the arcs got resolved at this one location like i guess that's kind of classic tv comedy writing like i mean it's it is a little like sitcom-y but like i don't know i was very satisfied by all of it
1: me too
2: i, I loved
0: know. it it was a treat True treat. Hannah like having her cake and eating it too on the beach and like I feel like it sets us up for um, the next
1: season well. Like she's still sad. <laughs> oh yeah, what does happen when we see her again?
2: So I watched the first five minutes of the next episode and this mm-hmm. is the, the first two episodes of season two are the Donald Glover episodes. Oh yeah. Which are a little less successful I would say than yeah. stuff yeah. Than before it.
0: Definitely starting with Uh, a bold decision but i i feel like this um this season we just see the characters going through you know a lot has changed but they're still kind of the same gals they've been yeah hannah's like starting to see her actions have consequences and you know jess is making the pivot to like settling down but not really
1: Shosh loses her virginity, girl. Let's go, girly. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, I love Ray and Shosh. I know. They're perfect. I hate when Ray and Marnie get together later.
0: I know. It's it. It doesn't make sense. No. Oh. I don't think we
1: asked you who is your girl's boyfriend. I mean, it's gotta be. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've always been upset. I mean, honestly, it it was. I honestly was proud of myself watching it. This. Watching it last night, I was like, oh, I'm no longer drawn to Adam's, like, weirdness and his quirkiness. I actually think he's an asshole and, like, selfish and fucking annoying. But I used to be, obviously, obviously he's hot as hell. Yeah. That's gross. But you know what I love? I, is, is season one Booth Jonathan? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that stuff is so amazing and hot. I was always like, yes, make me jerk off at the gallery show. He's also, he's just a, he's a
0: short king in this. I feel like he he oozes sex appeal. I love him. You are much yes,
1: that storyline is one of my faves. I think he comes back in
0: season two as
2: well. He, I think he does. Yeah.
0: Who are your, who are your girls boyfriends?
2: Mine.
0: Mine's Adam. Yeah. Uh, obviously. But oh. you know, I think like Adam Ray cusp,
2: but
1: definitely Adam. Oh yeah. I do love Ray, but I don't know.
2: Usually, I would say, "ray, this episode, I was very into Charlie, though,
1: oh, I love that that was so hot, so yeah, just fuck me on the sink. I'm like, let's like let's make it happen, team, <laughs> really also just like
0: hard to, hard to listen to all that and then to have Marnie just shut it down.,
2: Oh. so I did kind of I know like maybe the show is trying to make us think that like Marnie's making a bad choice by hooking up with Bobby Moynihan. But I actually think it's a really good thing for her character to have these like this spontaneous hookup with like someone that doesn't necessarily meet her like really exacting standards. Like that actually feels like character growth for me.
1: Totally. I was like, oh, Marnie is like enjoying her single, her singlehood.
0: Yeah. And she clearly has a thing for these kind of weird corny guys. It reminds me of, the episode when she was all over Thomas John kind of making these horrible jokes and playing mashups.
1: (laughs) Thomas John.
0: So good. Uh, I think we can get into the final segment unless we have any other um, notes on these two episodes. Let's do it. Yeah. We usually go around and say which girl we are in these two episodes. So
1: if you want to start cat, hmm okay wow in the in episode nine i don't feel like i'm a hannah because i wouldn't have acted the way she did about the reading i hated that behavior um i'm not marnie because i'm a bad roommate and i i wouldn't have paid for my roommate and cleaned up all her shit it's almost like am i simply am i simply a SoSh because i'm just like out there in the world but maybe I'm, you guys really like, get on with it. Um, oh, no. Maybe I'm like, I did resonate with the Jessa thing of like, do you find yourself in these sort of imaginary dramas because you want something to be happening to you and you're afraid of becoming like someone who's actually happy? So I actually think in the first episode, I'm a Jessa. And then in the second, I'm a Hannah, unfortunately.
0: I think that's a good answer i feel like i i have never felt like jessa unfortunately (laughs) she's like who you want to feel like and
2: she's
1: not always though she can be
0: drew do you want to go
2: yeah i i mean you know what i'm gonna say i i really feel like my insecurities line up with marnie's insecurities so neatly that it's kind of hard not to um Though I do – I did feel kind of jesse the in episode nine because, like, I do sort of have that, like, first 15 minutes, like, intoxicating rush with people, and then it goes a little sideways. Like, not with everyone, but, like, that really hit hit with me a lot.
1: I feel like
0: I am – I think I have this answer most weeks. I – my past self was definitely Hannah, like, kind Mm -hmm. of just, like – Woe is me while you squander opportunities for yourself and just, you know, feeling jealous of your peers um, and being like 13 pounds overweight and saying this is really hard for me. (laughs) (laughs) But like not knowing real struggle. (laughs) And then I'm glad we all had different answers for that, but I think we should now rank the girls. We usually go from like who's on top, who is winning this week, and who is down in the dump.
1: Oh, I mean, I think Hannah's in the dump and I think like Shosh is doing well. She's getting laid. Marnie's kind of sticking up for herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's almost exactly what we both wrote down. Um yeah.
1: Shosh is on top. She's
0: like minding her own business and having sex.
2: And calling people dumb whores with no repercussions. Like it, <laughs> we just it's total triumph.
0: Totally. Big week for Shosh, especially after she um, you know, I don't know, she was kind of lurking in the background of this season. She didn't have a lot going on, but I love her her triumph here. And Marnie's standing up for herself, like you said, and then yeah, Hannah and Jess are kind of um floundering.
1: Misguided. Misguided.
0: wow this was so much fun this is like the two perfect episodes to.
1: well i was so it was so fun watching them and like just remembering how how much i love it and how how much it's informed like what i try to do and what people i like do and yeah it was just it was so fun to chat about it
0: thank you so much for coming on this was great we'll have to i feel like there are some other episodes. Oh, well,
1: now that I have the Spotify Live app, <laughs> the possibilities are endless.
2: The
0: are. I, we were talking to George, who came on last week, about coming back for the um, the North Fork Beach episode. So maybe
1: we wow. can have
2: on and do a big roundtable summit. Because, like,
1: oh, you know what you reminded me of? Have you guys re- I remember years ago, Michelle Collins, one of my dear friends and favorite comedian she used to do these girls recaps i don't know what website it was for but they were the funniest fucking things in the world we, you, you guys should find some of the old ones
2: Wait, that yeah, do my fun. like little project tonight and go back and do that because they're so funny the recaps i used to read back in the day were the girls av club recaps which i want to find the writer really quickly so i can actually like c- properly credit i believe it's emily randerworth but those were like this is just such a good show to write about and provokes so much good you know like writing and like think pieces back in the day even though like the discourse is kind of annoying but like
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> you do there's a lot to chew on with these episodes and I like that like I think one of the best things about girls is Lena just gives you so much to actually think about and reckon with yourself about um, mm-hmm. in like grounded ways it's not like watching Breaking Bad where like I mean that shows. There's a lot of real emotion on that show too. I'm not saying there isn't. Yeah, but it's
1: like, a lot like Breaking Girls is a like, lot like Breaking Bad.
2: <laughs> I can definitely identify myself more with like Hannah than like Meth Teacher. What? I actually haven't seen Breaking Bad, so that probably wasn't like a good example. <laughs>
1: it's also a great show, but it's um yeah totally totally um different.
2: Certainly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kat,
0: do you want to plug anything before
1: we go? Oh, my God. Um, just listen to my podcast, Seek Treatment, and watch my Netflix special. It's called The Twist. She's Gorgeous.
0: Thank you so much, Kat. This was amazing. Thank and we Thank both- you
1: all for having me. It was so nice to oh. chat with you both and see your little pictures light up green.
2: <laughs>
1: thank you, everyone, for listening.
2: Thank you, everyone. Bye,
1: every beautiful listener. I love you forever. XOXO. Mwah. Ciao right. oh. ciao bye team